Welcome to The School Run. I'm Jane. And I'm Liv. And we are going to share with you the best conversations we have on our school run. We will invite guests and debate topics that affect and resonate with every generation. We all remember our own school run. So maybe have a think about yours. What do you remember? Well, welcome to The School Run. Today we've got a very exciting guest joining us. I'd like to introduce you to Rebecca Christian. Rebecca is 36, originally from Manchester, and now lives in the south of England. She moved to London to start a new career as cabin crew in 2012 and has never looked back since. She now lives with her partner, who's in the military, and the distance can be so hard at times. But working full-time for an airline and having her health and mindset coaching business keeps her really busy. Hi, Becky. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Oh, hi. Hello, Liv and Jane, and thank you so much for hi. having me. Oh, it's so good. I'm so excited to have you on. Oh, honestly, it's a real pleasure. So thank you for inviting me. When we decided to do a podcast, Becky, um, I asked Olivia um, who she'd like to talk to, whether she'd like to have guests, because obviously some podcasts, I know you're a massive fan of podcasts. Yeah. Um, some podcasts just have the person talking all the time and others obviously have guests and experts on and we were keen to have guests. Yeah. And one of your top guests that you wanted to invite on was Becky. Why was yeah. that, Liv? Just... I mean, I follow Becky on Instagram on her, on her coaching business and she puts up stories every day and sometimes I'm just sat at home and I listen to her stories and it just really inspires me because I think her mindset and the way that that she perceives things and it's everything, I just, I just love it. It's just, it inspires me. She's also, so well, tell us about you, Becky. You're also into your gym and into... Um, positive mindset, you, your vibe attracts your tribe, um, as we spoke about before we even <laughs> press record tonight. Tell us about you, just who are you? What does a day in the life of, of Becky look like? So a day in the life, and thank you for saying that, Liv, that's really, really sweet. Um, so <laughs> a day in the life, so yeah, I, obviously I work for an airline full time. Um, I'm working in the training centre at, at, um, at there, so basically looking after the cabin crew. Um, and on obviously on my days off, I've got my health and mindset coaching business and I set this up last April. So I was studying for a couple of years, you know, on my days off and, you know, the health side of things was something that I really focused on at first. And then that was when the mindset bit came in and I thought, you know, having the whole package um, was, was an absolute ultimatum for me. So that was when I went on to study neuro-linguistic programming, which is a lot around the mindset. So in terms of on my days off that is basically what I do I love exercise I am always in the gym I'm always reading out walking listening to podcasts and obviously I've got clients now so I'm you know coaching them as well how, how do you fit it all in <laughs> I mean you've got a full-time job with a huge corporate airline and you've set up a business that's inspiring itself how do how do you fit it in and why so it's a good question Jane because I get I do get asked this a lot like where do you find the time and I think the thing is for me is you make time 
you know, if it's something that you, is, you want to do and you absolutely put your mind to it, you make that time. And yes, you have to be organised, you have to be structured. But I think it's that, um, it's having that mindset and that grit to know that each day, obviously going for, you know, on a structured day, you know, to make sure that you're fitting in those elements. And have you always been like this? No, not at all. Not at all. So I guess I've always been organised. Like, you know, I came, when I worked at the NHS before I left London, I was a personal assistant. So, you know, being organised was, was what I did. I did it for so long. Um, but in terms of being ambitious, I I mean, I can't say I was, I, I, I didn't think I was at the time. I mean, I've always enjoyed my career and I've always like pushed myself and moved up the ladder. But in terms of being, you know, an ambitious entrepreneur, like that is, I would have laughed at myself. Like if I knew where I am now, there is no way I would have thought I would be here at all. So there must be something, a driving force inside that's making you do this. Where does that come from? Who is Becky? What, what, how have you got here? And again, it's a, such a good question because I obviously, you know, I do think that sometimes. And I'll tell you a point, Jane, that was a bit of a turning point for me. When I was living back in Manchester, um, I always remember there was a place called Wernerflow and it was where you could, like, it's like a massive country park and you could take your dogs for a walk. And, you know, that's exactly what I did. And I think at the age of 25 and let's say the crowd I was in, you know, um, the people I was like surrounding myself with, I felt very stuck. And I remember thinking, you know, there's, there's got to be more to life than this. You know, I was living in this very rat race of, a, you know, going to work Monday to Friday, coming home, you know, living for the weekend. And it just, it just, there was like something missing for me. And I always remember going to work in a flow with um, my dog at the time. And I remember standing on top of this hill and you could see the whole of Manchester. And I remember sat there and I was like, there is more to life than the life I'm living now. Like, I, I don't know, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what I was, you know, what I was going to expect, but I just knew something inside of me. Call it a gut instinct, I don't know. And that was the very day that I went home that evening and applied to be cabin crew. Wow. So when I was growing up, um, it wasn't called cabin crew. It was called um, an air hostess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you get away with that now in the way of the world, um, being politically correct. Um, it, and then it was an air steward. And and then I heard you, you know, talk about cabin crew. That was a huge, brave step, massively brave to walk away from where you'd grown up, family, I presume, and, yeah. and just go. So... Yeah, talk us talk us through that. What, what you know, you you applied. Why why cabin crew? Do you know? I think because at the time, one of my friends was doing it, and I used to see a post on a you know Facebook of pictures of her around the world, and I'd be thinking, that's insane. Like she's doing a job that she's getting paid for, I and mean, she's flying around the world. So you know, it intrigued me. I found it quite intriguing. So I thought, you know, what is it all about? So. That was when, obviously, I found out a little bit more about it, had a chat with her. And I think making that move, obviously, when I applied and got the I didn't expect to get the job. And then when I got the job, that was when it was like, right, I'm doing this. And I'm back then, I was kind of an all-in all or nothing kind of girl. Like, I was just threw myself straight into it. And I think once I did that and made that move, although it was the most challenging like you said you know being away from home being away from family and friends 
um, it was quite, it was scary. It was a really scary time. And don't get me wrong, there were many times when I was back and forth from London with all my stuff in the back of the car, you know, telling me, Mum, I'm coming home, I, I can't do this. And, and I always remember her saying to me, like, you can do it and you will. And that always stuck with me. And I think that was what pushed me through them hard times. Wow, it's amazing, isn't it? So what... How did let's let's talk about school life then for you and um growing up and um you know where what happened in school? I'm thinking about this because of you, Olivia. So yeah. at the moment, do you do you learn about cabin crew, working for a big corporate company? Um and Becky, what you know, what was what was the journey from school to, to, to leave in Manchester? The journey from school to leave in Manchester. Um so when I was obviously, you know, back in primary school, for example, I was brought up by my gran and granddad because my mum was working full time at the time. So I had a very lovely childhood and, uh, you know, as grandparents are, you know, they, they're all, you know, they, they fun out me and they play with you and all of the exciting things that grandparents do. And and then obviously from there went to high school. Um, and I'm going to be honest, my education during high school is was not what it is now, let's say. I didn't really have much of an interest in education in high school and I kind of lost my way a little. So I think, ask me again, Jane, sorry, I've completely, you're going to No, it's, it's absolutely fine. I just wondered what, what happened. I know that, that we spoke before we came on the podcast a few days ago, didn't we? And you said it's all a bit blurry and um, I suppose school's quite rigid, isn't it? Would you yeah. say that, Liv, and there's no... Yeah, it's it's very, you know, obviously you have to go to school, you know, that's not anybody's choice. And I think, you know, if school isn't uh, for you and it's not where you thrive, then it can be a very hard environment to, you know, find who you are. And sometimes, you know, it's that that if it is a blurry you know you're not interested in the education you know that can teach you about yourself and you know that can lead you on to doing something amazing with your life that's not that you didn't get from from school yeah so you went on from from school school didn't really say oh well I'm going to go to university or I'm going to do an apprenticeship or I'm going to do that what did what what did you choose at 15, 16? Presumably you did your GCSEs and then... Yeah, I did. I did my GCSEs. Admittedly, I didn't do very well. I think I came away with three passes, like it, as it was back then. And, and how that, did that feel? How did that feel at the time? Um, or was it not a... No, I was, I was devastated. Um, Were you? I, yeah, I was really disappointed with myself because I know that I didn't put the work in so I don't know what kind of result I expected knowing that I didn't you know do the work I didn't do part of my coursework that went towards the grade it was kind of a time Jane that I rebelled a little bit if that makes sense mm -hmm. like being you know up in primary school I was always you know what was classed as the clever ones I was always put in like top group which looking back wasn't great for mindsets of other children of course but I think going into high school I do believe it was a time in my life that I think obviously I had a few personal things going on, let's say, at that time. So I think that contributed to that. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was it was a tough time. And I think I think when I got them results and obviously everybody was getting, you know, really good grades and they were getting into college and it's like they kind of knew what it is they wanted to do. 
And I remember sat there thinking, I have no idea. Like, I, I, yeah. it, was, it was like, a, like you said, Liv, like getting to know who you are. Like, I don't, I didn't feel like I knew myself. And it's like, yeah. I didn't know what I was interested in. I didn't know what I was good at. And I mean, this is another conversation, but all that came down to my own limiting beliefs at that time. Yeah. So I think obviously with my mum especially like she's always worked like all the life like she's always had like either one or two jobs and I just my mindset at the time was that's what I need to do I just need to throw myself into work and I need to work as hard as I possibly can and you know to earn a earn a living and I think that's the mindset that I had so I think leaving school with not many GCSEs and then I like literally went straight to the NHS and started as a office junior so I was photocopying and you know, doing all the... Uh, oh, wow. Things. Yeah, yeah. So how did you hear about that job? Who told you that you could go and work for the NHS? What, how, you know, you've yeah. finished school, you've got three GCSEs, you know you've got to get a job because you've had that fabulous role model in your mum who's been so hard working and created a home and a living, you know, and, yeah. and your life for you. What You know, you obviously took action and found that job. Where yeah, did so, you find it? How so did you come across happened? it? Yeah, so what happened is when I did leave school, I did go to college for like two weeks and I was studying business studies and I left because I was like, this is just not for me. I'm, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not happy. I don't want to do it anymore. So I remember leaving and it was on a Thursday and on the Friday morning, I went to this place that's called Staff um, Bennett Staff Bureau and it was like a temping agency. So I signed up to them and they said, oh, we've got something for you at the NHS. Um, can you start on Monday? And I was like, absolutely. So I remember going home to my mum and she said to me, I said, oh, I said, I'm not going back to college. And she said, what do you mean you're not going back? I said, no, I've left. <laughs> so she said, well, you can't just leave. I said, no, I have. Mum, she went, well, I suggest you get yourself a job. I said, yeah, I have. I said, I start on Monday. And oh, that's brilliant. And then she was, so she didn't really know what to say. And she was like, okay, you know, fair enough. So that was how I got into working at the NHS. And, you know, six months of doing, like being a temp, they offered me a full-time job, which was amazing. And I think from there, I just worked my way up over the, like, was it eight, nine years I was there? And then I became the personal assistant to like the director of nursing for Greater Manchester, which was like, you know, quite a, quite an honour really because of her role. Um you are a very organised person. I mean, personal <laughs> assistant to a director in the NHS. You, and if you look back, it's interesting, isn't it? You've had business, a business course, college course that you sort of started at. So something interested you there, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. At some point, you've got this amazing work ethic. Yeah. And then you're highly organised and, and land in a personal assistance role. It's, it's quite a wicked combination, really, but maybe no one pull those things together for you at that stage I think so and I do think times are very very different now I think there are so many opportunities out there you know we didn't have like Instagram or podcasts or anything like that that were inspirational to listen to and to get involved so I think back then it was very different times I don't know if you feel the same Jane you know when you look back in certain times yeah, well, you didn't have access to information, did you? Or no, nothing. looking at other options, really. And I suppose that was why you wanted to look at this podcast, wasn't it, Liv? Just to open up those conversations. Yeah, mm. I mean, the thing that I thought was very interesting there was when you were talking about the limiting beliefs, which I know you talk about a lot in your story, which I find really interesting. But, like, for me, I mean, I don't know what I want to do after school and I don't... And neither do I know yet what college courses I want to take. 
But it's interesting how you said that you didn't, you were like upset with yourself because you didn't feel you put like the effort in. Yeah. Which like for me now, I mean, that was, that's a very hard thing for me because I'm very like, because I know you are too because you told me before, but like very perfectionist. Like I'm very perfectionist, very competitive person. But then sometimes I overreach that and I'll, you know, try too hard and I'll push myself too hard and then I burn out. And I think that that kind of balance between pushing too hard to to strive for something that you really want yeah and then not putting in enough effort I think that's a really hard balance to 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 find it it can be Liv for sure it definitely can be and it's something I've experienced and I think the more situations that you face um and go through that you kind of you become more in tune with yourself and your own body and you know when because you know yourself better than anybody like you know you you live and breathe you every day right and yeah I definitely think that I think that you can and I think with with you especially Liv and and Jane like you are high achieving people and we always tend to set the bar like right up here and you know it's something that I do a lot of work with my clients as well it's also about you know bringing that bar down a little bit and lowering that expectation but knowing that you've done your best at the same time, because I think when you are high achieving, you're very, very more than likely going to burn out because you've got this drive and sense of, I need to do this and I've got to do it now. And But then we end up like not looking after our health at the same time. And then obviously without that, like, what do you have? Yeah. And I think, I think it's really interesting where that comes from, because, you know, a lot of people say, is it like, you know, your genetics or is it, your your environment I mean growing up I've obviously got mum here who's you know big CEO who I look up to like massively and you know I played a lot of sports when I was little very competitive very perfectionist so for me I would say like kind of who you are as a person is very environment how you've grown up not saying that you know you because I say if it's your genetics, it kind of sounds like you can't change that and you can't push those limiting beliefs and break them because it's kind of who you are. And I think if you have that fixed mindset on, you know, this is who I am, I am intelligent or I'm not intelligent, then it really like holds you back from success. Absolutely. And I think obviously with limiting beliefs, it's like, you know, I've had to work a lot on mine, hence why I'm doing the work I'm doing today, because I know you can break through it and I know it's a powerful practice. And, you know, with a limiting belief, it's it's the stories that we tell ourselves, you know, and we believe that those stories are facts and they're not. So it's a lot of trying to rewire your brain and to create a new neurological pathway, you know, to believe that you can. And I know what you're saying about, you know, genetics or environment. And I do believe it can sometimes be a mix of both. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. You know, but I do believe that it's about being in alignment as well in terms of what it is you want. Um, Because it definitely was for me, like I said, Liv, I never really knew what it is I wanted to do. And, I, you know, all I ever did was work and I just ended up falling into different roles. And, you know, some I enjoyed, some I didn't. And I think it's only going on, I mean, what, I'm 36 now, you know, it's took me a long time to actually find my passion and something that I am good at and something I enjoy and I can help others along the way. Yeah, and I think that 
it, when you're saying that, I mean, I mean, the pressure now on like children my age to, you know, have it all figured out by the time, you know, you leave school or you leave college. I think the pressure actually, you know, makes some people scared of the world that they're going into. And I think when you're in school, it's a very, you know, you looked after, you, you know, in year 11, like I am, you're still in that like child environment, you're protected. Yeah. But that doesn't teach you about the big world that you're going to go into. And I think people are then scared and they revert back to, you know, old habits and, yeah. you know, because that's what they feel comfortable with, which is, I know, I sometimes fall back into old habits and it and when you fall back I think it's even harder then to push forward yeah it's it's like a growth zone isn't it like you said about having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset um which I always love doing that type of work as well because it's just so it's just so interesting and they talk about growth mindset and fixed mindset in schools a lot they didn't when I was at school they know they didn't when I was either yeah but when you go into schools today, because obviously I do that quite a lot with my my role, and you see all of this, the notice boards with fixed mindset, growth mindset. I hear what Olivia comes home with. You know, she's got she's had a a, a great education in that sense where they mm. where they talk about those things. But applying it is a different thing altogether. Yeah, yeah. I. For I mean, for me in my school, I mean, I. Oh, it's a bit of a. You, when you walk into a school, you know, and you see the notice board with all the, the flyers, I think that's all well and good, the flyers. You can stick them around, you know, school walls and say, this is what we do, this is what we teach. But if you don't teach it for each individual person, it doesn't matter how many posters you put up about having a growth mindset or a fixed mindset, you know, you have to... That's hard within school because it's not individualized it's it's very broad and growth mindset will be different for different people different people are going to have different habits and different limiting beliefs yeah so for me the pot like the posters of yeah have a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset but that's going to be so different for everybody so for me i find it pointless having the posters and because you want the time to be actually able to work on those things yeah. on an individual basis but obviously within a large classroom you can't have that that no. that scenario yeah so I, and I completely understand that so would you maybe look at that poster and obviously you've got you know have a fix, uh, have a growth mindset and you know not to have a fixed mindset and obviously you want that extra support and know figuring that out would you ever sit there and think you know what does it mean to you like what does that mean what does having a growth mindset mean to me and write that down yeah I mean I do to be honest I I try to think about it a lot like do you know when you're just going about your day and like I'll think about something like if I'm doing homework or if I'm going for a run or something I'll think about the what my head is telling me and I'll come kind of like like out of my body and look at the thought and think is that like fixed or is it like encouraging and you know growth and helping me grow and then I'll kind of come back into my head and think if it's fixed no let's change how I'm telling myself that and change it into like a growth mindset kind of 
where? How does she know this stuff? You know, sometimes I listen to her and I think, how does she know this stuff? I'm just sat here thinking, wow. Like, (laughs) honestly, wow. I'm thinking, wow. And I also know that, you know, she was really brave on the first podcast that we did where she talked about some situations that she's been in um, over recent years with, you know, eating and, and, and exercise and over-exercising and perfectionism, etc. cetera. Um, and I know this year you'd set this challenge to run a certain amount of miles every single day, hadn't yeah. you? And then you had an asthma attack last week. Yeah. And it put a halt to being able to do that. Are you comfortable yeah. saying no, what I'm you not, did with that? Yeah, in terms I of... think that's really interesting because I feel like it really links well to like what Becky does in her business. So, you know... My goal was to run at least a mile every day for the whole year. But the goal wasn't like the, well, it was the fitness, obviously that comes along with it. But the goal for me was consistency because I'm very, you know, either I go full pelt and then I burn out and then I'm out for a month and then I go again. So I wanted the goal to be like consistency. And I'd done all of January, ran every day. And it got to last last weekend and I had a lot of like stress and I that's when my asthma really flares up so I had an asthma attack at night and the next day I went on a run um because mum was away and then mum would have been here I doubt she'd have been on that run but you know (laughs) but on on the Sunday we went out um for my grandpa's birthday and I was there and I was I'd been struggling to breathe for two days and in my head the whole time was thinking I can't run today but I need to and that constantly was going through I need to run but I physically can't do it and then when mum took me to hospital and I and I and I couldn't run that day that for me was better than going on the run because it was a real mental challenge for me to get over the fact that you know I'm not going to complete the challenge that I wanted to set out. And old me would have said, you know, you've missed one day. What's the point in running ever again for the rest of the year? Because you've failed the challenge already. Yeah. But I looked at that and I thought, no, like, that is one day, you know. I didn't run then for three days, which was a bigger mental challenge. But then on Wednesday, I got up and I thought, no, like... I'm better now, I'm going to go for a run. And that mental challenge for me was really, really hard to get through because that was really, really pushing myself out of my comfort zone to say, no, you know, it's okay that you didn't run and that's okay. And then getting back into running. And I think when I listen to your stories and you're talking about how you're always fighting these limiting beliefs and you know pushing yourself out your comfort zone that's kind of what kind of helped me through that I was thinking that what I've learned from like your stories I was thinking this is a limiting belief that I've got on myself that I have to I have to complete this challenge perfectly yeah and 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 I got through that and I was actually I never say this about myself, I was actually really proud of myself for not going on the run. Liz, so. you should say that more to yourself. Celebrate <laughs> those wins, honestly. Like that in is I can understand what you're saying in terms of a mental challenge, in terms of not being able to, you know, complete that. But looking at the word consistency, 
you know, when you say, you know, you want to do it consistently, it's looking at it and thinking, okay, I want to do it consistently, but what's realistic at the same time? Do you know what I mean? And obviously having that rest period, because that is your body's way of saying, whoa, hold on a minute, I need to rest. And the fact that you're now in a place where you're, you know, thinking about that, that's amazing. Like that really is amazing. And this is what I talk about a lot with these limiting beliefs. It's, it's the stories that we tell ourselves. It's the expectations that we set ourselves. And perfectionism comes with that. Like, you know, we've had this conversation before. I was a perfectionist. I wouldn't do something because it wasn't perfect. And that is what held me back moving forward, you know. And obviously with yeah. with the consistency, you know, we see loads of little posts on Instagram. It doesn't, it, it's not just a straight line. It's it's all, you know, it's a, I'm, you know, you yeah. can't see this, but I'm like, it's a wiggly line. But the fact that you're listening to your body and being kinder to yourself, which is something that I am massively focusing on right now, because we are so hard on ourselves. We are our own worst critics in life, of course. And it's definitely about that self-love, for sure. It it sure is in whatever situation you're in. And, you know, certainly at school, whatever environment, you know, there'll be this time in Olivia's life and, and her peers you know, it's all about the GCC, it's all about the exams, it's all about the revision, you know, and that could, if Olivia got really hung up on that in this perfectionism, it could really go way too far, the same as she can go way too far in sport or the way too far in... Yeah, and so, that's, that's why I just think that, like, the individual attention, because, like, for some people saying, right, I'm going to revise three hours every day for the whole week, that might be perfect for them. If that was me, I'd... Like, I've done it before. I've woken up at ridiculous o'clock going to revise, living off coffee and sugar, which is... But that's my... That's, like, who I am. And I am trying to, like, challenge it and say, no, but some of the things you have to block out from your own head if you know that that is not going to help you, which I think is, is really hard. Like, I was wondering, Becky, what you think about the kind of, you know focusing on yourself and not listening to what other people around you are saying that's right and that's wrong and like knowing who you are that's a very good point because you know this is me speaking from experience um many years ago I used to ask opinions of other people of what they thought I should do in life for example like it was like I didn't know what I wanted and I had this very low self security let's say like I like I said I didn't really know who I was and I thought other people knew me better and I took a lot of opinions on board and then once I did that that was when my own mind got confused because a confused mind always says no as we know (laughs) and (laughs) I think it's very much about you know bringing it back to yourself and thinking hang on a minute I you know I, I might not know myself right now but what kind of person do I want to be? Where where do I see my future self? You know, if I see myself doing X, you know, in this job or whatever, what is it I need to do to get there and not listen to everybody else? Because like I always say, like we, we really do know ourselves, even though we might not think it or feel it at the time, you know, you, you live and breathe you every day. So it's, it is about, it's about silencing that inner critic that's in your little head that's like chattering yeah. away to you and just bringing it back to yourself and thinking, no, what is it I want like what is it you know what do I strive to be yeah which I think is you know is obviously a lot harder to do than to just say like 
you know, try and like silence or quiet the voice that's that's in your head because you know sometimes it's very loud and it's very like overwhelming and I feel yeah. like sometimes that's where people they could be doing so well on whatever journey they're on and then there's a point where this voice comes in and it's really loud and they get overwhelmed and they and they just like stop and they just like give up and I was wondering how how do you like get through that like really loud voice and keep pushing forward when it's like unbelievably hard uh, honestly Liv you're coming out with some amazing questions this evening honestly <laughs> I really... know, I'm not saying very much in this podcast no Jane it's, this it's, I'm just in awe of Liv like she's just incredible and the mind that she's got at this age so I think when we start to and like you said it can be really loud and it, you know it's very it is hard of course it's hard and it's a it's a practice it's something that you have to you know consistently practice and I do a lot of this work within my you know with my coaching practice as well with clients and I always sit there and it's about so when we're having these thoughts I always ask them like how is it you are feeling within your body right now you know are you for example are you tired you know is it around your nutrition? Because sometimes if we consume our, you know, and eat quite a lot of sugar and we have these high and lows, it can affect our mood. You know, there's so many aspects to this as well. And, you know, thirdly, is there anything personal going on at the moment that's, in, you know, that's enhancing these thoughts to become very loud? And I always, there's a few practices that I obviously do with my clients and it's obviously mindfulness is one of them. Um, but also journaling. I find journaling so powerful because you are getting your thoughts out of your head and onto paper. And it's a therapeutic practice as well. And it's really about asking yourself them questions, you know, get curious about yourself. Like, why am I feeling like this? You know, why, why am I saying these things about myself? Why don't I believe I can do this? You know, and it's yeah. just about really getting to grips with working it out. And we do this other um, little technique within it. And I always say to them, right, I want you to... So if they say, you know, I just can't step foot in the gym, I'm just so nervous. I'm like, okay. So write down 10 reasons why. Like, tell me 10 reasons why you can. And they do. So they write it down. And I say, right, I want you to cross every single one out and write next to it a new new empowering belief. So that's what we do. We do a lot of the... um, again the limiting belief side of it in the in the practices and it's just so powerful because you can see the shift within them in that moment because it is it is it's a lot of the time it's the stories that we do tell ourselves and you know anything like this live it's never a quick fix you know it's never a quick fix it's about practice but like I say like always you know become in tune with your body and look is there any needs that need to be met you know are you hungry are you tired you know are you mentally exhausted because a lot of the time when we are in that state that crash state for example we do start to feel the negative emotions yeah and sorry you're gonna speak no I was just gonna say that you know it's something that you it's ongoing I mean I just wish that you know I just wish I'd known a lot of this stuff when I'd been younger and and been able to revisit it all the time because obviously as a youngster, as a teenager, you, your brain is developing. It's not developed till you're in your 20s or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, lots of hormones, lots of other things going on. And you can keep... This is a practice for forever, isn't it? And keep revisiting yeah. and, and it's okay yeah. to keep changing and getting to know yourself better and how you handled that situation and how you're feeling in this moment. And 
I mean, it's good practice to have it at a young age, but it, it constantly changes and you revisit it, don't you? Yeah, I mean, Definitely. I mean, I just wanted to say on, on when you were talking about the journaling, I mean, I've, I mean, I've not tried it. I had a diary and I wrote a diary for a very long time. And then I remember someone telling me, they said, the one thing you shouldn't do is read the diary back which I used to read the diary back all the time. Oh, that's and then interesting. I, I know, they told me don't read the diary back because when you're writing it, and I'm guessing this is the same as journaling, you know, I, I've, I've not really tried it, but they said don't read the diary back because you'll be in a different uh, emotional state than when you were writing it. It will have been a totally different situation. So you might look back on what you've previously wrote and think it's ridiculous. But in that moment, that's how you felt, which I just thought was really interesting. I mean, I don't know. I've not really tried the journey, but I'm guessing is it kind of like the same thing yeah of course I mean you get you know you can get a load of journal prompts for example if you're not really sure where to start I'm a massive fan of just free-flowing like just literally writing and people go well I don't even know where to start and I say yeah well write that write that down I don't know where to start and then the brain will start to activate and then it will your emotions and your thoughts and everything will start to flow now it's really interesting when you said the you know the advice you not to read the diary back now, obviously, if, you, if you're in a state of, you know, where that could be triggering for you, then obviously, you know, you don't want to be going back into that place. But on the flip side yeah. of it, it's really interesting to see if you've been in this place, you know, where it's it's quite a negative state of mind, let's say, and you're really struggling at that time. And then you read it back when you're the, feeling the complete opposite. That, to me, is a sign of growth. And it's a sign yeah. of thinking, well, you know, I was in this place. And I know the way I feel today and what I've overcome, that those those feelings and those times never last. And I think that's really important yeah. because we very much, you know, we can get stuck in this place and feel like it's the end of the world sometimes. And you're really struggling with certain things and you feel like it's going to stay that way. And I think by yeah. journaling and, you know, not just writing about the negative times, but writing about the happy times and what happened in your day and what you're grateful for. Like yeah. all of this, you know, it just make it just makes you see how far you you have actually come and how how in control of your thoughts that you have. But going on that, yeah. way, like if you do have these thoughts where you know they can be quite negative sometimes and they can make you feel a certain way, like you are entitled to feel that, and it's about letting yeah. that emotion pass. It's about letting it come out, feel it, you know, but try not to stay in that place for too long. Yeah, like acknowledging yeah. that that's like how you feel and yeah. thinking, you know, that's that's all right that I want to cry or that's all right that I want to like laugh or whatever and just realising and not trying to say like, like for me, there was times where I was sad, but I didn't know why. So I was, I would be kind of like, like I'm crying, but what am I crying about? And I was kind of like, you've nothing to be crying about so like stop crying you're being ridiculous like this is just stupid whereas now I would look back and think no like that's okay that I'm just crying for no reason like it it's not affecting anybody else and I'll get through it and I know that I'll get through it but just kind of like acknowledging that that is how I was feeling at the time and kind of noticing maybe what was making me feel that way or I think it can be very powerful when you kind of just 
look at your emotions as just an emotion like yeah people say oh I'm searching to be happy like I want to be happy but like happy is like an emotion like sad like it like comes and goes like motivation like anger like it's just an emotion yeah and I think saying that you want to be happy I think you have to because happy for diff will be mean different things to different people yeah and you know that might be a constant state of oh I I just want to be happy like I just want to be happy with myself and like my life but life is never just like a straight line so the expectation that you want to reach this happy place where you're constantly happy is just so unrealistic that it, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense yeah it is and you're right it is another emotion and you know life I always explain you know life is it's ebb and flow isn't it it's highs and lows and like you said about you know letting yourself cry when you feel upset and letting that emotion release because otherwise your body holds on to that and it's about yeah. I always talk about this all the time and it's that kind of you know that self-talk to yourself like in that moment being kinder to yourself don't say you know I'm being stupid and no you're not you're human you know you're feeling this emotion yeah. for a reason and it needs to to, to be released so yeah. oh, Liv, I'm so proud of you honestly I really oh, know. I'm proud of both I of you I'm sat here gobsmacked and, and obviously we haven't really talked about how we know each other I know <laughs> I know we are Jane <laughs> it's because I'm, t- I'm too busy here getting like a one-to-one coaching session <laughs> <laughs> oh bless oh bless um but Becky is a really, really beautiful person. How do you, how would you describe Becky in your life to someone and how how we know Becky? I mean I just I feel like I don't have words. I just oh. I just think she's just like an amazing person and like obviously from like how we know each other and just how seeing her even just like a business girl like online and how I remember talking about how sometimes she feels like embarrassed about like putting stories on her Instagram because like they don't know how people react and everything. But kind of like I like seeing that journey of definitely on a like profile of how she like gets more confident and it's like really like inspiring. It is absolutely inspiring. Um, so I met Becky just before she moved um from Manchester down to London to be cabin crew, um. And I was obviously in a relationship with your with your father yeah. for about five years. And the most beautiful thing that we both say to each other is is our friendship. Oh, definitely. That has, yeah. has, has flourished and developed um from from that relationship. And it was it, it's just amazing. I'm so incredibly proud of you because I know your your whole personal journey through this and it and it's incredible. Um you know, you've got a really fabulous job in a in a high level of a corporate airline and you've started this mind-body coaching business. You've empowered yourself, you've learnt, you've, you know, spent hours and hours and hours um, uh, to, to get the qualifications that you have and, and now you're helping other people. And I, I just... I think yeah. it's incredible. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you, Jane. That's so lovely. And I'm proud that Olivia has that relationship with you. Like her, I suppose, you know, we would never say you were her her big, big sister, sister, but that was Why the not? Like, but, yeah. But that was that was <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> 
you were you are you know and and that's the situation that we were in and and it's um and we've got this beautiful friendship and Olivia is inspired by you she she looks at your stories on the on the bus on the way to school on the way home she says did you see Becky's story today <laughs> um and 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 it is it is wonderful it is absolutely wonderful I wondered whether if you could go back and give your younger self a piece of advice what that um, might be yeah oh gosh yeah so I think a message to my younger self would be you do not have to have it all figured out because what you think might how you want your life to pan out it never does and that's the beautiful thing of it like it is a journey and you learn you grow and I think you know for the young people just in school and the studying and it's like you know what do you want to be when you you know when you grow up it's okay not to know because life unfolds the way it's supposed to. And I think taking that pressure off, definitely, for sure. And it's okay to change direction. Oh my gosh, Jane, I have changed. So I'm, I'm still changing. I'm always changing and evolving and growing because I do believe... You know, that you, every few months you'll ring me and say, I'm going for this next promotion or I'm going <laughs> for this role. I don't know if I can, but I'm going to give it I'm a go. It. And yeah, yeah. I just think it's... You know, when you go back to GCSEs and that feeling you had of three GCSEs and, oh, how you felt maybe about yourself and teenage years and hormones and environment and yeah. all of that, to where you are now, wow. You know, it is only when you sit and actually reflect and think and it's like, wow. Like, I, yeah, I, I, even I pinch myself some days and just think, God, Bex, you know, you've done it. Like, I'm still growing, yes. I'm still learning, but I've created a life that... I absolutely love, like genuinely, yeah. absolutely love. And I'm doing something that is really, you know, helping others, which has always been my mission. I've always wanted to do that because I think going through, you know, I've had quite a bit of trauma in my past. Jane, you know the ins and outs of that. Maybe that's another story. Um, it's maybe another podcast episode. Maybe. <laughs> you know, and it was, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to go through in my life. Like, like genuinely, it's something that I'm still living with and, but I'm in such a better place now. And it's only because I have done the work. I have done the inner work. I've done the, you know, I've healed the trauma. I've got myself to a place of acceptance. And I just, every single day now, I'm just so happy to be able to help other people get through that. Yeah. You know, and help in their mindset. Yeah, I think that's really amazing. Because, like, I think it's come back to saying sometimes you need to step back and think, like look at how far I've come because like from you're the only person that can change your life like you can have as much support around you you can have the best people you can have the worst people but at the end of the day like you are the only person that is going to make your life better and if you really want it then you'll do it yeah and I think you know sometimes when you see like on social media you see like like a before of this is how I was before and this is how I was after and it looks very fast when it, it takes like a lot of really hard work and I think you have to like say you have to stop and you have to think wow like I'm so proud of myself because I've come so far and that was me like it was all me and I did it by myself and I think that also shows you something about yourself like you can you can do it because, you know, it's for you and, you know, you have to put yourself first. And, you know, if you don't, 
if you're not good to yourself, you're not, you're not going to be like a good friend or a good, you know, sister or a good daughter or, or a son to, to anybody else because you're not in that right state of mind. And I just think even if like today, anyone that's listening to this podcast, like just like do something for yourself today and don't think about what anyone else is going to say about it or anything like just just do it for you because you want to change your life and I just think that's I the most that. important thing yes, I love absolutely. that too and enjoy enjoy the journey I'm going to add, add to that enjoy the journey of where you want to go um Becky I'm going to finish with a memory from your school run which I know that was a, a blurry time as we spoke but we did we did touch on something that you remember from your school run. You used to walk to school, am I right? Yeah, so this was um, when I was in primary school. Yeah, probably about seven or eight years old. And I, like I said, my gran used to look after me and I remember her walking me. She used to walk me to school and pick me up at the school gates. And I think when you asked me this question, Jane, the first thing that came to my head was on a Friday, I used to always ask for extra homework. <laughs> which is mad I know like that wouldn't happen now because you guys get so much I know that um <laughs> I used to be so excited on a Friday that I used to like have extra homework to do over the weekend and I just couldn't wait to like get back to my grands and just like make a start on it and that that was a, that was a memory that just yeah. appeared like yeah it was a nice yeah memory. and that that tells you something about who you are today as well with all of this you know improving yourself and doing further courses and building a business and doing it alongside a full-time corporate career, you know, purchasing a house in the south of England, like moving away from your family. I mean, always striving forward that little bit extra. It, it's a little hint at that, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it is, yeah. So, you know, the, the school run does give us some, um, some memories to reflect on. Definitely. So thank you so much, yes, Becky, for sharing so. this 40 50 minutes with us it's been really special I can't thank you enough I can't thank you for the inspiration that you give to my daughter on a daily basis I love our chats in the car we often talk on our school run on the way home when you're off work or between clients and it's and we've got a really special relationship and that's that's for life so thank you so much oh thank you so much honestly it's been a pleasure thank you and just like, I mean, obviously I follow you on Instagram, but for anyone else, if like they want to follow Becky, then what's your Instagram, Becky? <laughs> <laughs> so my Instagram is um, RL Coaching. Uh, sorry, no, RL oh, Online yeah. Coaching. Sorry, yeah. RL Online <laughs> Coaching. I really uh, recommend following it, everybody. <laughs> RL Online Coaching. And I'm sure she's following um, the school run underscore official anyway, so you'll be able to find her as a follower. I Thank you so am. much. <laughs> Thank you very Thank much. You so Thank much. you so much, Becky. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.